Okay, so welcome to Real Japan. Go to our website at www.anniversecreative.com and subscribe to the Real Japan podcast, uh, which we're going to be taking a look at live-action film adapted from anime. And I'm Laven, as you know, from the flagship podcast, Andy Bros Podcast, and I'm joined with two of our closest colleagues and co-hosts. This is Jason. And I'm Josh. Great. <laughs> Pause for laughter. Perfect. So we watched uh, Death Note on Netflix, the American live-action adaptation, and we're going to give you our thoughts on such a endeavor. For the people who haven't actually seen Death Note, um, it's a story about a young kid who is uh, who finds a, a magical notebook yep. uh, dropped by a bored Shinigami or Death God. There's a lot of rules in it, but pretty much it's if you write somebody's name in it while picturing their face, they will die. How and everything else is subject to the rules contained within. Uh, so the anime and the manga were uh, fairly uh, well received in both Japan and uh, America. It first came out... Uh, 2006. So it originally came out in 2006. <laughs> um, I think for a lot of people, you know, when they were growing up and watching Pokemon and other more kid-oriented uh, uh, shows, yeah. um, and then coming out and watching Death Note, which much more adult uh, themes, uh, I think it really changed up for uh, what anime was for a lot of people. I think, like, this and, like, Full Metal Alchemist are probably the two competing sort of mainstream shows that people probably had their first foray into anime with I would I would think mm-hmm. so yeah this probably holds a pretty deep nostalgic root in a lot of people's hearts just Death Note in general yeah, yeah. Full Metal was on uh, Toonami Adult Swim uh, was Death Note I don't know for sure but I think they did air it later the dub when that was coming out alright yeah. So it would have been kind of along the same lines in that case of it, the internet was still kind of getting in or the streaming piece was coming into play. So a lot of people in the States ended up seeing anime through Adult Swim and Toonami. Well, yeah, a lot more than, you know, in the 80s and 90s where you'd have only Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball. Uh, <cls> right. I would say that the mid uh, uh, 2000s started getting a lot more accessible uh, uh, in the form of anime rather than trying to find bootleg VHS tapes. For some of us, that was how we, how we got anime. Other people were able to readily get access to it. That's true. Back in 2006, I knew I was just getting fan subs, which you can still do today, but the, the streaming didn't really exist at that time. Mm. Like the torrenting was sort of the tape trading of, of the mid-2000s, as it were. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so I think going off of the nostalgia uh, uh, um, statement, the live action Netflix original uh, Death Note movie I think got a lot of flack just from the get go. Live action anime adapted movies are generally not the best, um, and then when you throw a, an American live action ad- adapted movie into it, it gets worse. I think uh, most people can remember. Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> uh, we all can. We all try to forget. We all try to forget, but at some what point was that in time, movie again? Dragon Ball Evolution, and uh, we will definitely be uh, watching it. I think at some point yeah, we have to. Yeah, uh, it's part of our duty. Yeah, yeah, we we have to be able to really see the pinnacle of American anime <laughs> cinema. 
and subject you all to it. Yes. Well, at least the bridge version. I don't think you're going to please anybody off the gate with this the announcement that this film was going to be made. No. Yeah. Um, and then you throw on top of it uh, um, the whole whitewashing issue and moving the setting to uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. I think people just need to get over themselves sometime. <laughs> we can come out and say that. Yeah? Uh, Are you taking on all social justice warriors right now? Yeah, well, that's prison rules. <laughs> you find the biggest, baddest person, and, and you, you just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and then everybody's like, oh, no, that guy's crazy. You don't want to deal with that guy. That's true. We're uh, like a bastion of, of rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the Death Note. Too many fucking rules. People need to realize that you have to change and adapt going from... It's a localization. Yeah, so, exactly, localization, yeah. yeah. It's not really whitewashing as more as it is an entire localization. Which, yeah. I guess some people are arguing that that is the whitewashing. That they're like, why isn't it just set in the normal place? But, well, I mean, yeah. it's not. So, it, it makes sense for the actors cast to be actually American people. Yeah, but, and if you want to watch uh, a non-whitewashed Death Note live-action movie, watch... <laughs> The live-action Japanese Death Note uh, movie. Yeah, it has been done. There are two, actually. Two Death Note movies. Yeah. yeah. So just watch those. And it's the same thing as what you'll read in the manga or watch in the anime. And I, I don't really see the point. No. Yeah, just watch the anime if you're going to do a, a moving picture-style adaptation, because it's great. The manga is also good. I think a lot of kids probably read the manga first, because uh, that was a popular one with like the Shonen Jump yeah. Uh, yeah. era. So. I think that's a lot, why a lot of people got into that, and like Naruto and uh, Full Metal Alchemist, kind of right at the same time, is probably due to the manga. Mm, yeah, I, well, I think manga was just being generally. It was more accessible for sure because you couldn't, like, you, like you said, you couldn't really get streaming anime online. So mm. buying a manga at a bookstore was much easier way to get the story than like waiting for yeah, it to be, or just reading it in the aisle, you know. Mm. That or well, and there were uh, there were uh, fan translated manga online as well. Yep, you can get those scanlations. Um, for those of us on dial-up, it were much easier to get those. <laughs> I don't have dial-up when I was a kid. You didn't? No, I didn't. I didn't have a. Uh, uh, Did you have internet? No. Oh, okay. No, I didn't, I didn't have an internet until I was in college. Yeah, but we were kids at different times. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think uh, my first MMO was played during with dial-up. It that's, didn't work too well. Yeah, that'd be that's like trying to play like RuneScape on dial-up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why I play this play a pen and paper role-playing games. Yeah, because we didn't have because you're from a different time. <laughs> a different time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, we get it. <laughs> uh, so I think um, what did we? Uh, yeah. So why is it set in Seattle? I think that's the big question for a lot of people. You say that in like a way that makes it sound like we're about to answer the question definitively. Uh, we are. We it's are. More, we are yeah. It's more of a rhetorical question. Why, why is it set in Seattle? Yeah, I think people should ponder that for a bit. Why the hell not? Uh, honestly, Seattle is apparently uh, uh, pretty popular right now. I don't get it. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that it's in the Pacific Northwest at least. It's not like set in New York like every other American thing. A lot of though when you when you look at it, it's uh, and uh, Laban made this comment while we we're watching the film. Um, it's like we're watching uh, Twilight. It looks like that, like the stylization yeah. and just the direction. Yeah, it's really got this sort of like, and the overcast. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, we yeah. got gray skies and it's raining and but, pasty white people. Yeah, yeah, brooding teens and dances and you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it, like it, Twilight. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it kind of brought us back to uh, our high school days. I think with uh, random jackass jocks jumping up and knocking down decorations. And, they do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're getting beat up. Like, you're wearing glasses. I can beat you up. But the, I think the uh, um, what we have here is a quote from the director. 
um, as to why he changed these uh, the location from uh, Japan to not Japan. Uh, and what he said is, in the early stages of the film, I was rereading all of the manga, really just looking at how does any of this translate to the United States. Ultimately, Death Note is such a Japanese thing. You can't just say, let's port this over, and it's going to uh, all add up. There are two different worlds completely. It's one of those things where the harder I tried to stay 100% true to the source material, the more it just kind of fell apart. You're in a different country, you're in a different kind of environment, and you're trying to also summarize a sprawling series into a two-hour-long film. Uh, so I think that quote there really summarizes a lot of uh, what we're going to be talking about. Why not make it different if it's going to be in a different place? And you only have so much time to do it. You have two hours to, to do this. To compact that 50-episode like show into two hours, which is very difficult. Like, Well, and how they did it is that they only did the first half. You know, they didn't really deal with the second half, which I always thought was a weaker part of uh, uh, Death Note when they got halfway through it and uh, um, L was uh, defeated. That should have been the end. <laughs> yeah, that was like the whole main... That, it set it up that in the original show. that set that up to be like the main plot. Yeah. And when that's over, you're like, oh, okay. Oh, now, and it goes on. Oh, oh, God, why did I watch this? Uh, well, my issue with the second part is that L uh, Light uh, Light just became uh, dumb. Like he was easily outwitted by everybody. Mm. Where I think the main draw for Death Note is that uh, uh, Light Yagami uh, is this like master, yeah, master villain. He's like yeah. a villain, but he's like an antihero, and you're trying to figure out his true motives. And there's like a, a detective battle happening. When that's over, you're like, okay, I don't actually care now. <laughs> I want to know about the battle. I'm not really about anything else. Yeah, correct. And I think that's one of the weaknesses that I personally had in, the, in this film towards the end is that Light uh, Turner, well, the director just said, you got to change the material. For some reason, he still kept the first name. Yeah, well, that's because it wasn't a full-on spinoff. That's what I was saying. Like, It would be cool if this was set... Like, maybe after, like, in the same universe as the events of the anime, but, like, after the events or before, maybe, because we learn that the Shinigami, like, gives the death note to everyone as he sees fit. He wants to just, he's bored and he wants to have a little fun. So, like, to him, time is eternal, and he could have just given the note to someone else later on and saw what happened with that. Mm. And he's still, I mean, even though Shinigami is, like, a Japanese death god, Japan's still on Earth, so he could... He's not necessarily restricted to Japan. Well, and death is not a uniquely Japanese thing. <laughs> right. So there's got to be other death gods. I mean, I guess the interesting thing would be is if he had changed up the death god as well to an American one, which if this was a, a Japanese adaptation of uh, an American death note, hmm. that death god would probably be having uh, um, uh, six shooters, a uh, cowboy hat, eating <laughs> a burger, Yosemite not Sam? apples. Yeah, Yosemite <laughs> Sam, the death god. <laughs> I kind of wish now that, uh, that the, uh, the movie was made by Japanese people and then was was like whitewashed. And everyone was made to be carrying six shooters and having cowboy hats. <laughs> oh, and then cussing and you know, Jesus Christ, though. Yeah. <laughs> like left and right. At every turn. That would be, yeah. make for a kind of a better movie. People complain about this movie a lot. All of us heard going into this. Uh, I was um, ready for it to be a Dragon Ball Evolution-esque, terrible train wreck of a film. Yeah, but I think the people who would have really made it that way, or as if the Japanese did it. <laughs> <laughs> It can or, go either way. That's true. <laughs> or if it was uh, like if it wasn't Netflix, if it was uh, who did uh, who officially released and signed off on Dragon Ball Evolution? Satan. I, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it was more of a uh, Paramount. Yeah, was it Paramount or Sony, something like that? So one of the one of the big ones, yeah, one of the big yeah. ones. Where with Netflix, Netflix kind of I mean, as we've seen with some of their other stuff, yeah, hands free, yeah, uh, thing to it. They're known for like giving the directors a lot of control, so I think that's probably what happened here. I bet the director got to just kind of do his own adaptation without getting weird requests from the studio would be like, oh, we need to sell this merchandise or we need to do X, Y, Z. Yeah, we need a googly-eyed gremlin. Yeah. <laughs> we do. we got to have one. <laughs> yeah, the whole purpose is this will look dumb as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they might have got it from actually the... Uh, this sounds really mean, but the main actor. Uh, <laughs> oh! What... His, his his dyed hair. I mean, he's trying to be like light because light has dyed hair. Uh yeah, but once yeah. again, like if you're gonna do it, you know, why not change some little things like I this? See, I, again, it wasn't a it wasn't a sequel or like a, a spinoff. It was its own. Like it was supposed to be an adaptation. So mm. right, it had to keep all those original characters. I was comparing it to Ghost in the Shell in that way, where I wish it was more like Ghost in the Shell, the the new Ghost in the Shell live action movie, where they kept like the characters. But the whole story was just its own original story using just that universe. Um, I really wish they would have done something similar to this. But that being said, I don't think we've said our actual opinion about this. And I think it was not that bad of a movie, to be honest. Yeah, I, th- I think the fact that it is a a show about death gods and writing in a magical notebook, you're not going to get like the big uh, directors working on it. And I thought it was... Rather enjoyable. I thought it covered a lot of the same themes, just a little bit different uh, than the anime did, uh, to make it interesting uh, uh, in its own right and something worth watching if you've already seen everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was again. Yeah, I was going into this thinking Dragon Ball esque, terrible train wreck, but I was like, wow, okay, that was a movie. That's fine. It wasn't wasn't bad at all. Yeah, yeah I've never officially seen or read the manga or the actual series uh i've just just had general premise of what it was and overall it, the movie itself it it told a story it was fine in its presentation overall i mean it didn't have some large budget or anything it was it went about uh, the source material as is and just kind of adapted it yeah uh and pseudo-American audience in some cases. Mm. I thought their use of, like, CG wasn't super offensive. Like, sometimes when right. they try to make a, a bigger budget idea be on a small budget, you can really get this sense of, like, wow, okay, they didn't need to CG all that and make it look awful. The cinematography was pretty pretty good, so... Okay, so other than it being set not in Japan and the whitewashing with it, uh, one of the other complaints was how Rook, uh, the Shinigami, looked. And I actually thought he didn't look that bad... They kept him mostly in the shadows, which some people had complaints about. But it's the same thing with in Star Wars, where you had the Wampa. There was a lack of money on that one. Uh, and same thing with Jaws, but where you just see glimpses of it mm-hmm. actually kind of heightens the, uh, um, the sense of fear and everything else. Because in the shadows, you only you know see a little bit of him or whatever. I think, if anything else, it, would, it played better than if they, he had just been out full front and center the whole time. Yeah. Uh, because then I think the CGI we, we would have... Yeah, we would have noticed it then. Yep. And it would have dated the movie and dated everything to seeing that awful CG. And then, you know, after today or this current times, it would just look awful and we'd laugh at it. But right. it's kind of taste, it's tastefully done in that way, so it mm. can kind of be a little more uh, timeless. He blended in... He felt like he was actually there 
uh, with the way they did it. Unlike, uh, like we were watching um, Tokyo Ghoul, where the tentacles and everything, it was clearly CGI, <laughs> and they didn't blend well. It was shiny or whatever. Yeah, the textures, the lighting, everything on those was, was completely wrong, and it was eye-jarring every time you saw that. When you saw Rook, I mean, other than thinking, oh my god, it's a green goblin, it, like, it worked. Like, it, it blended in uh, with the scene. For those that don't know, the uh, Rook is played by William Defoe, who played the Green Goblin in the Sony adaptation of uh, Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Yeah, he only really has the, the Willem Dafoe voice. He doesn't really have any other voice. You could tell as yeah. soon as he started talking, I'm like, oh, check it out. <laughs> it's William Dafoe. I didn't actually know he was in this movie. Oh. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a big name actor. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the other issues with this film, and this is going to be true, I think, in any film adapted, and we touched on it briefly before, is you got to fit 26 episodes or whatever into two hours. So I think that at the very beginning... It was a little rushed. It's one of the changes uh, between this and the anime is that Light Yagami in the anime and manga has more time to explore and find out the different rules and start kind of using them to his advantage. Where in the movie here, uh, Rook uh, went to Light Turner uh, and just pretty much said, and here are the rules. And Jason uh, commented on that. I'm like, well... We have two hours, and so we're going to spend like ten minutes on just setting up the rules. He he jumped around. Uh, I think they stopped at twenty eight, but there was clearly he. You see him flipping through four different pages of this, of different rules that there were. They didn't go into them except for a couple highlights. Uh, But then again, you're not going to go through every single one and bore everyone to tears. Well, or, yeah, because like in the anime and manga, they didn't go through everyone all in one sitting. Right. It was like, it's almost like, oh, like a Scooby-Doo adventure. It's like, oh, what, which spooky uh, castle are they going to visit this week? It's like, oh, like which rule is like going to read finally and highlight and how is he going to deal with the restriction of the rule or use this rule to his advantage? Right. It'd usually come up where he like wanted to do something creative and then they'd be like, there's a rule against that. You can't do that. And he'd be like, ah, and you have to figure out how to get around it. Yeah, yeah. Which which makes what I think uh, Death Note more uh, enjoyable for me was, like, that detective game. Yeah, that was the best part. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, which was kind of cut short here because the director uh, for, uh, with this one here, with Light Turner, Light Turner isn't really a, isn't as smart as Light Lagami. Uh, Light Lagami is, like, top of his uh, yeah, uh, yeah. class. He's not the same, yeah. Yeah, where this guy's, like, an average kid who, like, does homework for other people, for money. Um, That's, like, the thing they drop in to be like, yeah, he's smart. Moving on. Yeah, but then, like, there's nothing else he did to make him be, like, super smart. And I think it might be this easier in Japan, and this is one of those things that you can't really do it with here, is because everybody knows where your class rank is in Japan. Uh, Because they post their scores or whatever... Uh, on a board where here, exactly you that, take yeah. that's taboo for the most part. You don't uh, you don't share it around. Yeah, and because, I think uh, 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 Light Yagami was also kind of popular and everything else. Yeah, I think he was like sort of popular, but not well, kind of a loner, but that like aloof. Oh, he's so cool. Yeah, he wasn't like the nerd archetype where you get like beat up or anything. Like he was, yeah, he could hold his own, but he was just sort of yeah. He, a loner is a good 
good description of the original character. And this guy kind of had that going for him a little bit, but... He was more of a nerd. More of a nerd. Yeah, but not like, like, oh, I'm super intelligent. I'm a valedictorian. uh, Just some uh, kind of punk. Yeah. That's because he wasn't wearing glasses. If he was wearing glasses, then he would have been that. What did you learn from this movie? If you wear glasses, you get beat up because you're a nerd. Yes. Then your bully gets decapitated. Yeah. Because you're a bully. Yes. (laughs) But. Well, okay, so that's one thing I have to say about the American one, is he went from, oh, I, I can't write anybody's name in the book, to I'm going to write this kid's name in the book, and I want him decapitated. Yeah. There's a big jump Yeah, in those two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only reason I think that might be sort of forgivable, but not even really, but kind of, is he didn't fully believe this would actually happen, so he's like, whatever, and then uh, yeah. saw it happen and was like, oh shit. Yeah. Well, once again, I think it falls back to cinematography when you're trying to like explain rules. Mm-hmm. So how the scene unfolds is right as, you know, Rook's standing over his shoulder going, write his name in the death book and he will die, and then he writes it in, he's like, oh, but what about specifying how he dies, which explains... Like two chapters of the manga, right, right there, is as a light, you know, like Yagami in the anime manga explores and like figures out all the rules to this. And this one here, you got a two hour movie, you've explained something in effectively 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Then you see the elaborate death scene. Kid with a basketball, he goes across the, uh, his basketball skirts away from him because uh, somebody, her bag ripped. And then a car was coming, it veered off, ran into something else, and then a ladder shoots out and decapitates the guy. Yeah, it's a final destination. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what that was. Like, it would be almost as if uh, the whoever whoever the entity in Final Destination uh, actually was... Like Turner, or, or well, it was Rook because yeah, Rook's the one Rook. I think he's doing actually yeah. doing it. Yeah, because later they, you know, they had the whole bit about uh, dealer's choice uh, oh. for the type of death, right? Um, and then uh, um, Light Turner gets all mad about it, and York's like, "Oh, well, you said dealer's choice." Yeah. So I think that's what they're going with that. So I think if anything else, we should go back and watch Final Destination and just imagine Rook's in that. Yes. Or actually, what we should do is just make a video. Photoshop him in doing all the. You know, I have. Uh, I know somebody who loves the Final Destination film, so maybe I should just have her watch Death Note and then say, okay, now go back to Final Destination. That's Rook doing all of this. Yes, exactly. Because um, that's how pretty much this movie, I think, made it to Sam. Is that uh, he's even more bored? I mean, he's bored in the animated manga. They explore that a little bit more as well. He seemed like more of a bastard in this one compared to the animated manga. But yeah, he's uh, instead of being like a true neutral from the impression that I get from the little bit that I get from the from what I've seen in the manga and the the series, he's more chaotic neutral in this one. Yeah, kind of in the series and the, the anime manga, he is doing this because he's bored and he wants to see what happens. And so he gets, when he gets bored, things go awry. Okay. And so I think in here, they were also kind of playing that up where he just got bored quicker. Yeah. I think he's much more like a cat. Yeah. Sitting there in the shadows, looking at you with glowing eyes, wishing harm on you. As you mentioned that, he does kind of look like the Cheshire Cat a few times. Yes, yes, because he's so heavily in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he seemed like he was doing more influencing, though, in this movie than in the, the anime. Yeah. Like, in the anime, he was just kind of leaving it up to Light to decide whatever he wanted to do. Like Because he, he had infinite time. Uh, we didn't in this movie. We only had two hours. But uh, in in the show, they're like really saying, like, 
I live for thousands of like eternally. Like I don't care. I'm just kind of hanging out. So do whatever you want, and I'm full speed here eating apples. And they. In this one, he seemed like he was like, no, go kill the guy, go do something bad. And then he like I think he explicitly says like give the note to the girl because that'll be more fun. Yeah, because yeah, you're boring me. Yeah, yeah like, you're boring me. I, I like that the way quickly. she thinks better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that actually like, was uh, nice to the another change is that. Uh, the character, the love interest, uh, yeah. Mia, uh, Mia, uh, this one here. Once again, if you're gonna whitewash, pick a white, uh, a white name, uh, <laughs> rather than trying to, uh, uh, to tie back into the original. The love interest in the anime manga, Light was more reluctant. Uh, he was like, "Oh, you know, I don't really want to deal with you. You're annoying." Uh, but it's like, "Oh, wait." You have something I can use. Now I'll date you only because I could do. I, I benefit I from make it. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one here, the I think the biggest change is you as, had a huge crush on her from the very start. Exactly, exactly. And as soon as he got the death note and figured out what happened, he pretty much runs over to her and says, "Hey, I can kill people with this book." Like the same day. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the same second, because he's just like looking through the death note, and she stops him. He's like, what are you up to? He's well, like, was, oh, yeah, let me let's go over here and I'll tell you about it. <laughs> well, it was uh, it was next day, and she asks him, uh, "Are you broken up about uh, what happened to this kid?" Uh, 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 no. Yeah, then it was kind of coy. He's like, "Oh, yeah, you know, maybe I have something. I did something with that. Maybe I didn't." Wink. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much like, she's, hey. She's they, like, all right, whatever. What's that thing you're holding and writing in and being weird about? Yeah. Oh, yeah, come with me. Let me tell you about the death note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can kill people with this. Give me a hand job. And she's pretty much like, yes. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's be Bonnie and Clyde together. And then yeah. End of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but once again, you're compressing. I think it comes back to the compressions yeah. that eventually Light and Misa Misa get together. But for different reasons. But also, once again, you're kind of changing it. I think the the romance angle in this, I think, is more of an American thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it's one of those changes I think actually worked. It, it, it dealt with the compression of the timeline. We were talking about Rook being a little bit more like a, a shoulder devil. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think uh, uh, Misa Misa turned out to be more of the, or Mia in this version, became more of the villain. Where she was doing more. Um, yeah. She was definitely much more of an influence on uh, light, and and in the um, was it like five seven minute montage of when they're going through and killing the four hundred people, uh, all the while laughing about it, looking at a laptop, and then having I mean, premarital uh, sex, premarital mm-hmm. sex, yeah, and, yeah, very anti-American. <laughs> uh, She's also smoking. Which means she's the the, the, the bad one. Oh, yes, yes, yes especially exactly. because she's in Seattle. Because Seattle's got a heavy no smoking thing all over the place. It is true. So, like one of the major moments I think that gets overlooked in the anime manga is when Light kills the inspector on the train, and then the doors close, and you see his evil smirk. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first time you see his evil smirk mm. uh, um, in in the anime manga. Yeah, or very very much close to it. But that's that says like, oh, I'm not just killing. You know, criminals, but I'm also killing to protect myself because my what I am doing is much more important than innocent people's lives. That's true. Right. Yeah. And this one here, He's, Mia does that. 
Yes. And so um, uh, uh, Light Turner, um, he remains innocent much, much longer mm-hmm. uh, in it um, because she's the one who, you know, deals with the uh, uh, people, the FBI agents investigating them. She even argues to kill um, Light's father. Yep, she tries. Yeah. She, she tries, and uh, um, and he's like, "Oh, you know, you shouldn't kill my father." And she's like, "Yeah, but a hand job." And he, he's like, "Well, you make a good point, but we're not killing my father. Can I still get a hand job?" And then they kind of just black screen it out, and they move on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe that's what they were trying to do is also kind of Americanize it up. Yeah, it, it, I think it so. Much more, more stuff in. Yeah, they probably much had to to probably yeah. keep the theme going. It really wouldn't make any sense if they had just applied. Straight up Japanese values to this movie, it would like be weird and juxtaposed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, we should talk about L. Oh yeah, L was different. Yeah, but uh, was he different? Well, he wasn't I... whitewashed. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. We should probably definitely cut that part out. <laughs> um, so I think uh, uh, one of the parts that um, they were very close to the social uh, source material is the character of L. Yeah. The actor playing him, I think, did actually a really good job. Yeah. Um, I think next to the father is probably the the, uh, the two best actors in the film. You thought the father was a good actor? Yeah. He's playing a rough cop. It's not really that hard to pull off. Yeah, there are parts where I'm like, that's good. But some of the, his dialogue parts where he's talking to Light, I was like, okay, cheesy guy. Go back to eating your steak. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, uh, Steak and potatoes. He's American. Yes. But he, how he was doing it is just like, you don't care. Like, I don't know. He's like, my wife died. Get out. Go upstairs. You brat. Kind of attitude. And like... Like fuck off, dude. <laughs> well, that's true. Actually, actually, before talking about L, we should probably talk about his father a bit because in the very beginning, another adaptation they had was um, the more strange relationship initially between Light and his father. Yeah, uh, which was resolved very quickly after uh, Light uh, kills his second victim. They're just like, "Good job, son. The guy's dead." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My work, my thirty years on the force, has uh, uh, all led to this point where this guy accidentally dies uh, through a series of unfortunate events, and I feel accomplished in catching my wife's murder. Yeah, <laughs> done. Case closed. Yeah, and uh, where before I came was like kind of a broken home thing. It was like almost like, oh, now that your mother's murderer is dead, let's go play catch, son. And everything turned around in the in the light household. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the Turner household. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, magically the, uh, the 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 stress between the two was uh, all cleared up because mother's uh, murderer is dead, so we've got nothing to be have a uh, problem with. But the thing is, though, is I think that actually sets up the big theme of it, uh, where um, Light has made the decision that the rules enable people to uh like game the system mm-hmm. you know people are able to get off the hook not pay for what they did right. and anything else and so he's chosen to go beyond that where the father in in all of the adaptations is much more the well you gotta follow the law uh because the law is what you know uh, uh, uh benefits society and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know why are you above the law and i think that you know kind of that's the moment that they're uh, leading up to is you know which one wins out the law Represented by his father in that case, or the vigilante, or the vigilante. Um, in that case, also you like duped the law at this point in time. Uh, represented by his father, uh, which and at the end of the film uh, uh, it comes up, um, mm-hmm. and they did leave kind of a cliffhanger at the end. Uh, so maybe they'll be making another one. Um, 
because actually be kind of interesting to see where they go. I I I, I don't know if they will. I don't think they will. They will. Back, uh, back. I wouldn't mind if they did, but I don't think they will due to the backlash. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I think it'd be funny if they relocalized it over back over to Japan, but with the same turn. Like he has to do like a. <laughs> It's a reverse switcheroo. Reverse switcheroo, and they and they uh, uh, whatever the Japanizing something is. What if what if like uh, it takes the page and like becomes the villain, and then they need uh, they need L or no L takes the page, becomes oh. the villain. They need light to track him down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, would exactly. that be a crazy twist? It would be a crazy <laughs> twist. I think with the way they ended it, they could have gone like their own way and i think actually that's one thing also you know talking about these adaptations is a lot of times they'll stick with the first bit uh and they're kind of setting up the same story but then they'll jump they did this with uh, full metal alchemist Mm -hmm. uh, because the original anime they ran out of material in the first yeah and then they went on their own and i think and a lot of people complain about that i love it it's great yeah exactly because then I could watch yeah. Brotherhood, and I'm like, oh, shit, it's all different. Yeah, it's yeah. completely different. Yeah, uh, um, and I think that's better. It's characters I know and, uh, um, you know, know and love, and then it's like, oh, and here they are in, you know, a slightly different, but something that's still not just a carbon copy. That, that's what I really want to be saying. Yeah. And Tenchi did, Tenchi uh, Muya did that. Oh, yeah. All yeah, the- too much. Yeah. Too much, too that much, was too much? Too much, too much. Potentially more how to pull it back of that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just give me any infinite alternate universes. It's like watch these characters do different interactions with each other. <laughs> it was all the same interaction with that. <laughs> it's like, well, it's like real alternate dimensions. It's like Rick and Morty. Like, most of the time it's the same, but like, there's slight differences that I want to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 but Rick and Morty's uh, uh, are more genuine emotion sharing mm. rather than just a harem with a totally bland main character. Yeah, I'm saying, you basically told me there's one boring crap and there's one great <laughs> true story yeah Rick and Morty but we're not talking about Rick and Morty right now we're talking about Death Note, Death Note. Yeah. Netflix presents Death Note yeah. uh, so well, we're going to talk about L. anyways I thought it was, uh, uh, the actor did well yeah no it was mm-hmm. fine okay uh, just yeah. fine Oh, he's great. He's great. He's great. He, he seemed super jittery. Is that uh, how? Yeah, Ellen in the anime is really weird. So okay, I mean, I I picked that part up from the small bits, like that the I'd A and B's and yeah, all the references I mean, made because him itching himself and things like that. Yeah, he, he has no social skills because all he does is solve, solve crimes. crimes. Yeah. Right. that's his okay. entire life. Yeah, it's like Bat- if Batman. Wasn't also Bruce Wayne, and so didn't have to go out and be social with people yeah. at business events, and just was a freaky guy hanging out in a cave uh, solving <laughs> crimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, from like a young age. I think uh, like he started this when he was like six. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so yeah, like the the way he sits on uh, chairs, he abruptly comes up. Um, I don't think they really play this up too much, where he comes like face to face with people. No, in the anime he does. He like gets right up in people's faces and talks to them because yeah. he doesn't understand social cues. And in Japan, that's really weird, and like even more so than it would be here. So yeah, like, really makes people all freaked out. Mm. And he really loves sweets, and so that, they showed that in there as well. Yeah. I, I think actually uh, L's character was probably the the closest yeah. to the source material probably, with that one true. and I think he actually did a really good job doing it oh for sure yeah one thing I had from was uh, okay so there's a part where Light's father Light and Mia they're having dinner and then L randomly appears magically appears at their house uh, jumps on the table and no he jumps into the chair or, well jumps into the chair but he always sits on his feet yeah he always sits but then he says, we need to talk, 
to the father, or he says that's to the father, and then uh, Light and Mia stand up, start to go. He turns to uh, Light and says, you stay. Doesn't say anything to the girl, but then, and so she kind of goes, but him being the super detective, he didn't really pick up on anything or didn't realize that Mia might be part of this. Well, I think that's for, uh, once again, that compression issue. Okay. Um, because in the uh, a series, like I said, um, Light uh, Yagami is very reluctant to start uh, dating this girl or having anything to do with her. But once he finds out that she can be useful for whatever else, starts doing it. But he tells her, like, like can't, you can't be seen hanging out with me mm-hmm. because he wanted to uh, restrict that. So I think... For a later part in the uh, uh, um, in the film where she takes a bigger role in using the death note, he couldn't pick up at that point in time. I don't think it's the you know. Well, he was if he was a super detective, then yeah, but he could have figured out the stuff um, you know a little bit more also. But also the problem is is that he doesn't really have evidence. Right. He can he can kind of like. Well, I think and he, he kind of really has leaps of logic yeah, to get to this point. Yeah, it's the like Sherlock Holmes level leaps of. In some cases. But it's like playing Guess Who, but you don't see all the moves. So you're right. like, how did he get to that conclusion? Yeah. Like, Except, he already exhausted his entire like like resources to be right. like, oh, must, they must be in Seattle. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> how? Like, well, well, because of this one fact. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Because at that part of the movie, though, Light was being tailed by FBI. So mm. he... L would have known that he was always talking to her and was always meeting up with her. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Is that's one of the big differences is that uh, um, in the Light Yagami was in the anime and manga was like we have to maintain a distance. Right. Light Yagami in the anime and manga is much more a criminal mastermind. Yeah. Uh, than Light Turner in this one. This right. one he he is literally a high school student. Where at least. Like Yagami in the anime manga was a high school student, but top rank, like super genius, super yeah. genius, <laughs> you yeah. know, and that, that's the difference there. Also, L doesn't know how this happens. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. not. Yeah, he's not aware of the death note. He just thinks yeah. some something is happening, but he doesn't know what. Yeah, like he even postulates that it might be some sort of like psychic power, psychic time, power, or yeah. something like that. So I think. So he just discounted her because he think it, it was only he was capable of doing anything. Yeah, because there's got to be something supernatural or something going on with it. Right. Yeah, but I mean, if he doesn't know the actual power, he should also suspect that she might have something to do with it. Well, if anything else, though, it might be, I mean, one of his character weaknesses, which is he becomes single-minded. Uh, and yeah. so he's like, it's light, and it has this zero just focus zero, on that. Yeah, zeroes in on it and tunnel visions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm willing to forgive that. Yeah, no. There's like, a, there's a bunch of those like little things where they didn't make it a perfect movie, but I think most of the time it was pretty solid in its facts, like keeping no plot holes going. Yeah, right. yeah. And then uh, the uh, the random chase scene uh, <laughs> at the end. Uh, yeah, if we're talking about cons uh, for the uh, uh, the film, there's a chase. Do scene. You, are you saying it's a con? It's, I, it's I like it. It's a gratuitous. <laughs> a gratuitous Chase scene. It's like it's unnecessary. It's just silly. It was pretty silly, but I thought it was choreographed pretty well. I really enjoyed. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that happens in it. Like, it was like a Jackie Chan level. Yes, it's yeah. Jackie Chan level. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, you know, we we told Netflix we were gonna make this a two hour movie, and we're like at 
one hour and 57 minutes, so we got to put in a chase. So that one, two, this one chasing we have, level. like this 30 second one, we got to make it three, uh, three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. Like, I didn't dislike it. I thought it was. I thought it was funny. But it was like. Oh, yeah. It was also cool. Like it was just stuff kept happening. Like it was kind of creative. Like yeah. he kept pushing people down. Well, it's like hitting. Ferris Bueller uh, when he's he like running back. Yeah, and then he's like leaping over things. He comes back. He's like, "Hey, how's it going?" It was like that, but it, it was, was like that. But it was more. There was more stuff happening. Like there was a lot more like pushing and like jumping into things and throwing people down. And well, and then going back to saying, "El does I have social cues?" There's this part where he needlessly pushes this man's <laughs> face into his soup. <laughs> like he doesn't need to do it at all. Yeah. And then he goes and jumps on the counter for no reason because that's just gonna slow you down. Uh, well, it depends, you know. He was running on the counter for a second, then he jumped back off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, once again, it goes back to showing that he's, like, this got this, like... Super tunnel vision on the one Yeah. Thing. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm going to this one. And, like, it makes sense when Light's, like, throwing things around. Like, like grabbing the cutlery tray and throwing it on the ground, even though that couldn't possibly slow down anybody. Right. Uh, but there's no reason for L to be pushing people's faces in their soup. <laughs> no. <laughs> there's no reason. His, like, light, all, light, when Light ran through the whole thing... I was like, all right. But then, yeah. But then, uh, L coming through, I'm like, what is he doing? He's like tripping on all the hazards, like really clumsily and like hitting people out of the way. He's kind of played, or L's kind of played off to be, um, somebody who doesn't really do a lot of physical activity. Um, but maybe that's just because of the little bit that you get to see. The little bit you get to see. In the um, uh, anime manga, there's a part where they have a uh, tennis match. Oh. And they're, like, evenly matched. Because, once again, Light Yagami from the anime manga is, like, a super student that's... And and for uh, for Japanese, a super student is both intellectual and physically fit, going to be captain of a sports team or whatever else. So he happens to be a loner. But he's not that way. Otherwise, he is the star pupil at a prestigious mm-hmm. uh, uh, high school. I think. I think what the tennis scene is a, a pretty big one because one thing that doesn't happen yeah. in the film is that there's no friendship between L and Light. Light. And maybe that's one reason why they maybe play up the uh, the love interest a little, one, bit, more. A little bit more. Yeah. Uh, because that's one of the the bigger things I think in the. Uh, anime manga is their growing friendship and that weird Jesus-y moment uh, where uh, L washes the feet of lights um, in the uh, vein of a, uh, a Judas doing it for mm-hmm. Jesus uh, type right. thing. But once again, compression, you gotta cut some stuff out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so you, so you don't have that same uh, bromance uh, going on. But that's where the physical fit L comes in. Right. Uh, what else we got? Uh, yeah. All right. Have to say about the movie. I mean, it was good, better than uh, Dragon Ball and uh, Avatar: yeah. The Last Airbender. Like, yeah, just circling back on that, it was definitely worth watching. Like, if you like Death Note, just watch it. You might have some problems, but it's like not a bad movie. Yeah, it and it falls along the same lines as yeah, uh, just like for those that uh, like Lord of the Rings. You, everybody loves the books, but uh, they complain about the movies oh, or Harry Potter. Oh, come on. Uh, In the uh, the Hobbit one, they have that gratuitous uh, chase scene oh, down that. the river in the barrels. Okay, and all I'm not talking about the around. Hobbit. The Hobbit's, all, uh, <laughs> Hobbit's kind of dumb. But uh, that's, that's the same gratuitous chase scene that we just got in the... <laughs> yeah, but that was slapsticky Jack Chan style, which I enjoyed. Yeah. In the Hobbit, I already didn't really care about it. But, yeah, there, you're, you're always going to have the... 
the manga did it better, or the the anime series did it better than a two hour movie. Well, well, yeah, yeah, that's just. I think they should have split it up into more movies. They should. Well, but the, if you think about it, though, if you're comparing it with the whole series of Death Note, they have. He hasn't even. It's already different. Like, it's already different. L does not even is uh, um, uh, not been defeated. No, yeah, it's like yeah, they've set it up to. It's not. It's now like off on its own. Like it's not even close. Yeah, it, it's completely different. Uh, I'm not going to spoil the ending for you because it is a very interesting uh, ending. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, how I put it together. Yeah, I, I think if if people can just get past the the, the whitewashing uh, 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 issues that were brought up about it, and just sit down and watch it, it's actually really interesting to see what they did with it. Um, everything I heard about it was it was going to be terrible. That's what I heard from my uh, coworkers and random people at cons and everything else. Same. They're all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah did, I mean, for the most part, treat it as its own entity. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it's something that's borrowing from the source material, not necessarily a complete retelling or something like that. Exactly, exactly. I, I think the ending is really good. Yeah. To start off, it was a little slow. They're explaining the rules. I've already seen it, read it. But I think by the t- time uh, they hit the end, the, it hit its stride, and it's a Death Note... Uh, uh, um, a film, yeah, no, yeah. So yeah, I would I would hardly recommend uh, watching this one. Uh, if you like what you've heard tonight, uh, please visit us at anybrushcreative.com. Subscribe to our RSS feed, which many more episodes will be coming out after this one, where we review tons of great and not so great anime adaptation films, or just generally uh, uh, um, Japanese uh, cinema. Yeah, uh, once I you run out of adaptations, there's definitely going to be. I think there's always going to be adaptations. Oh yeah, they'll keep coming out, but yeah, we'll run out of well, them. We still got to do Godzilla. Oh yeah, we got Shin Godzilla, which is yeah. not really an anime adaptation. That's no. the thing. Is that? But I think Japanese cinema is what we're going to be doing. That and fishing uh-huh. is what oh, yeah. this channel is going to be so, about. Once we run out of cinema. Fishing. Fishing, Fish, yeah. Japanese fishing shows. We'll also take a look at those. Yeah, yeah. And then American fishing shows once we run out of those. Yeah, uh, yeah I, actually, I think what we should do is, um, if you guys uh, uh, pay us a Patreon, do we have one of those? No. Okay, but when we do, please give us enough money so we can buy a fishing boat, so we can uh, uh, hang around Japan, and we can just do the podcast from there. Uh, okay, so if you want to listen to a, a podcast about Japanese cinema adapted in, from anime or not, in English... <laughs> from some bozos who are reading only the subtitles, but but doing it in Japan physically, give us money. Yeah. And Otherwise, it, we're just going to be in my uh, living room. Yeah, just doing it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only you can control where we uh, do this podcast from. Yeah. All right. Of course, but, but we need to get the Patreon account first. Yeah, let's set that up. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been Real Japan. We're finishing this in mid... See ya. See <laughs> ya.